it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Series 3 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the men's basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In Season 1, we told the story God wrote of how the men in our program traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three, ultimately culminating in a national championship. Here's Coach Tonegal in Episode 1 talking about how pursuing God first and others second translates to any context. It's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams, which is the exact opposite as we've talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness. This series will take listeners inside each program in IWU's athletic department, sharing how each coach is flipping the world's vision of leadership upside down, instead pursuing kingdom greatness through discipleship. The terminology in each program may be different, and the application may change. But the coaches at IWU believe pursuing God first and others second is a powerful way to live and to lead in any context. Today's episode will feature the men's soccer program. Coach Luke Sanford will share his journey into coaching and how his passions and leadership continue to evolve. He shares the tension he finds between creating structure and giving freedom, and how it plays out both in the way his team plays and in the leadership model he is creating on his team that is pushing his men toward growth in Christ. In the second half, senior Gabe Casada joins to talk about his growth in the program, and athletic director Mark DeMichael joins in overtime to continue the conversation about leading with the humility Christ shows in Philippians 2. We're joined now by Coach Luke Sanford of the men's soccer program. And Coach Sanford, I want to rewind. Before we get to what's happening now with the Indiana Wesleyan soccer team, Go back to when you're uh, late in college and, and you're in a law clerk office. Yeah. What led you into coaching? How did you get to this path where you end up as a head soccer coach? Yeah, so, so I just graduated from, from Houghton College and was uh, had just gotten engaged um, to my wife, Margaret, and we were living in western New York. I was living in Buffalo and she was in Rochester, New York. And uh, I, I had... Um, my family has a history of coaching. My dad coached for about 20 years. My brother is a, is a really, really good coach himself. Uh, and in some ways, maybe subconsciously, I wanted to fight the, the coaching bug in my family, um, do, do a little bit something different. I've kind of always been uh, maybe the, the, the child that had a rebellious streak in him. Um, and so, so for me, I wanted to, to try something different. Um, had, had gotten involved in some classes and around some people at Houghton that um, made me think that that maybe law was something I wanted to go into. So I was working at a family law firm, um, amazing place, some really cool stuff happening through the firm. But just for me, uh, over my time there, about a year there, it just really felt like this isn't exactly where I needed to be at that time. And even as I you know, tried to project a career path in my early 20s, like where's this going to take me and my family as, as I was engaged, um, just didn't really feel like that's what was lining. Now, there are a lot of practical things that didn't make sense. Obviously, I had gotten into law school and was going to be able to you know, potentially land a job there afterwards. There's a lot of stability and financial freedom, I guess, in, 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 in that, but just didn't feel at peace with it. So 
talking to Margaret about it, um, decided I was going to go into coaching. Um, it was something that I felt like I would, I would be able to be good at and enjoy. And, and um, yeah, so we moved down to, to Charlotte, North Carolina and ended up getting a couple a grad assistantship at Nyack College, was an assistant at Point Loma um, before landing here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a journey. Um, and then obviously fast forward and here I am going into my fourth year. It's really flown by for sure. And when we look at your, your story, and I think what's going to come out is just the passion you have, both for life and the game, and you do lead with passion. So to hear you pursuing a path in the world's eyes seems to have everything you would want, but not having a passion for it. And then getting into soccer, and here we are eight years later, and it's just been funny to walk alongside you and now hear you articulate how your coaching philosophy has changed and how it's grown and what's happening now. So maybe just take us briefly over eight years, what's really been sparking uh, more passion in your leadership and coaching uh, just and what what's your vision for this program well it, it's been cool you know up to this point this is the first time I've been a head coach um, I've always been a little bit of like a foot soldier right and that I've had have had someone else laying out a vision um, a plan and I've been a guy with you know boots on the ground in the trenches with 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 the players. And so, Hey, come over and Margaret's going to make dinner or you don't need where to go for Thanksgiving. Why don't you come over to our place or just trying to interact and to be hands on as much as possible with the guys. It's not to say that's not what I am now. I think when you come a head coach, that lessens a little bit just because of that role. You maybe not aren't always going to get as honest of an impression from the guys as easily. Um, so that role changes a little bit. And so now that I'm the person sort of having to create the vision, create the path, steer the ship, if you will, um, that's been a, a new challenge and one that I think has taken a few years for me to really define, decipher, um, try to be spiritually attuned to what God wants for our program and the direction that he wants to take it. I've tried not to you know, jump on anything too quickly, but really just try to have him guide us. There's transition that has to take place, I think. And, and I think that we are now at a place to where we're able to um, maybe clearly define things for ourselves. There's, there's a collective group here that I think is bought into that at this point. And so, and so I think it's cool to watch now our vision and, and what I think God has for our program sort of take shape a little bit. Could you define that a little bit? So you, you say you have a vision. I know you've talked about several things that you hope and hope see happen in the lives of your players. Could you right. take listeners inside what that looks like? Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, th this spring, um, my assistant Josh Kramers and I, uh, I think really decided like, okay, we, we really want to create, um, a structure to help these guys grow and thrive. And I, I think what's important is that as a coach, you don't try to take someone else's formula and just plug your numbers into it. You're going to have, if you take it from the right people, you're going to have success. But it's not going to be as, I think, deep, um, as personal, as uh, long lasting, um, or I think be as, as engaging, um, maybe have the amount of energy as if, if you follow what it is that God has for you in your coaching. I'm also not a uh, guy that's just going to do the rinse, wash, repeat, you know, and, and kind of just 
figure out a formula that I think works with some level of effectiveness and keep repeating that. So it's been something we've been trying to find. And, and that was really what we wanted to do this spring is as we're in sort of our, our you know, off season a little bit is, is dive into that with the guys a little bit and really try to create what it is that, that we wanted to do. And interestingly enough, we had a player that had a, um, a project for his leadership class and he came to us um, and, and asked if he could sort of help create a leadership development program. And, and what it was, was, was really the same as Gabe and, and Gabe, um, in a very honest, he came to us in such humility that, that that's what really made it effective is, is his humility as he came to us was like, you know, I've been here, he transferred here after one year at junior college in California. And, uh, he said, you know, I, I could tell you what our mission is and I can tell you what I think our vision is. And, and I can tell you like the things that we're trying to go after and the things that you want from us and, um, that we want to be a program built on Christian principles and Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Like I could tell you those things, but I don't know that there's really a structure to help us actively grow and 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 develop as leaders and in our faith. And actually, and he's smart enough to know that those kind of things are going to help us grow on the field too. And, and what he didn't really know is that as a staff, we were trying to find the same thing, you know? And, and so... Um, it took about a week of me really thinking, do I actually want to invite a player into that environment or in, in you know, privy to our, our, these conversations, closed door conversations in the office about the direction that we're going to take this group? Um, but I, I knew it was the right thing. And so I got over myself and, and decided like, hey, let, let's let's open this up to Gabe. And um, The first things that were important is that we felt like we needed to make a vision and we needed to make a mission. The difference being vision is sort of like, uh, 30,000 feet, where do we want to see this thing going? You know, if we're looking out ahead, where do we want to see guys growing into? Um, and mission being the day-to-day, what are the things that we're wanting to go after? Um, and sort of the vision is that we want to create guys, uh, help guys grow to, to be um, guys as they move into the next area of their life, right? Whatever's next, um, that they would have had a transformational experience that would have given them the skills and character um, that will help them positively uh, influence um, and, and affect the spheres of influence that they're going to go into, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Fatherhood, being a husband, business, coaching, whatever it is, we want them to have not just like, oh, you're a good person, but man, you're a terrible communicator, right? Like help them grow in their skill set and in their character so that they can be a, a, a positive effect in those, in those places. So that's sort of the vision. The mission being we want to be a group of footballers that are committed to having together a transformational experience, a faith encounter, and pursue excellence in the game. And I want to get back to what that looks like on the field. But before we get there, it just strikes me that it took a lot of humility from both sides for you to invite this player in. That he comes and says, hey, I'm sensing some things. I, I see something in the future at the same time that you are. But as a coach, that may not be easy to accept. And it may not be easy to say, okay, we're going to listen to what you have to say as a player. It takes an extreme amount of humility. So maybe talk to the coach out there who's listening and maybe is a little bit stuck and has a player in his program that he could trust. What does it look like to actually give shared ownership and invite someone into that conversation? Yeah. Well, the, the word you stuck, I think that's a great word. I think every coach at some point, not in your career, I'm talking like at some point in a given year feels stuck at some point. If any coach says to you, like, oh, no, I haven't felt stuck in 15 years, 
then they're really probably not trying to do very much. <laughs> I mean, right. really trying to challenge themselves. I think coaching is dynamic in that way. And so um, that's exactly what it was. I don't know if I would say that we were necessarily stuck. We were searching, right? And we were trying to find, okay, we, we have a pretty good feel. We like where the group's headed. We like where things are headed. We need to get this organized, though, and create a plan for these guys to grow. Gabe felt the same thing because he's a player in that environment that's just sensing the same things we're sensing as a coach. The most important thing, though, as, as a coach is to realize, I think you got to take yourself and your pride out of that, right? Mm-hmm. And you just got to be willing to know, yeah, okay, honest conversation, humbling, sure. What's the end product going to be? The end product, I think it's going to be something I'm going to be proud of. And it's going to help me get unstuck, right? And so um, I, I think if I'm talking to the coach out there that, that might be listening to this, like be one, willing to open yourself up to your players, willing to honestly hear their feedback. You're probably close to what you think they're experiencing, but you probably aren't like right on the bullseye. And for every coach worth their salt, like they want to be hit the bullseye every time. Mm-hmm. And so ask the players, like, where are we steering this thing wrong? Like, what, what are some things? Now, that doesn't mean that – I think you got to be careful of the players you ask. But, yeah, I, I, it's something that for me as I continue to coach, I'm going to continue to do is try to find guys like that, that that you can bring into the conversations. I think there's a lot you can benefit from that. A lot of what you're saying uh, is something you articulated as we talked about this podcast is just this balance between freedom and structure. Now, we want to have some structure for people to work within – but then give them freedom to go and do their jobs really, really well. So talk about that as we move to the soccer field. What does it look like for your team as they transition to the field and the team is playing the way you want to play? Yeah, for, for us as a team, soccer specifically, um, well, and even before that, I think most players and most athletes that are coming into their college years are uh, maybe used to an environment where there's a lot of freedom. And, and, you know, the buzzword these days, like entitlement, right? And I think that I just think it's true. And so what those people need, I think a lot of times we say, so we don't want to like push the buttons too hard. Well, what I think they need is a structure hierarchy, if you will. I think that's part of it. Um, but a structure and expectations and standards um, to help them thrive. I think you give them that and then you allow freedom within those things. I think people will thrive in that place. I think you know, solely one or the other, you're going to have a lot of, of, uh, of pushback. And I think it's going to probably burn some guys out on both ends, you know, depending. But I think that what we try to do is, you know, we have a pretty diverse group. Um, we, have, we have a lot of countries represented in our team. Um, that is not something that when I first got into coaching, I thought I would necessarily want, but it's definitely been something that I feel called to. Um, I think that you know, soccer is the world's game. It's the most popular sport in the world. And so for me, like that, there's part of it. That I think my passion, my view of the game resonates with a lot of international guys. And so I think that there's a connection that's made in that way. Um, and the way we play, our, stylistically, the, the aesthetic of our game, I think is attractive to an international player. Um, and so there, there's some different things in that, that I think attracts them to us. And so we have all these different cultures. And so I think it's important that we do have a structure that we're committed to. And, and there's expectations no matter who you are, where you're from. These are things that we're going to do. There's also freedom within our structure to express yourselves. And I think that allows guys to hopefully find their wheelhouse as a player and, and really have success. It's really interesting to think about that in terms of 
leading spiritually as well at times if guys come from uh, spiritual backgrounds that are too structured mm. they can rebel against that but if they come from a place where they had complete freedom maybe they've been able to experiment with everything the world has to offer and they they don't find any fulfillment yeah. within that so that to have this process you guys are developing where there's structure but there's also freedom to really have open conversation and to explore it's really powerful the potential when you gather a group of guys like that even from a diverse background like you have yeah. so as you see that play out what do you hope happens well i think that yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head i think that is what we're trying to do and it creates uh we call it you know sometimes we say we've created the most challenging coaching conundrum that you maybe could in that we've brought guys not just culturally what they think about soccer but culturally what they think about God. And that's true if you're – there are people in Marion, Indiana that have very different mm-hmm. viewpoints on God, right? That doesn't mean you have to bring someone from another country. But, you know, that that, that dynamic within our team um, can be difficult, but it's produced some uh, amazing, amazing stories and transformations. I think one of the most important things that we have to be attuned to is because of our dynamic, we have to be open to the fact that it might take some time. Mm. So the transformations that have happened in our team, spiritually speaking, have taken years, like minimum two to three years of consistent structure, consistent grace, uh, and consistent conversation. Um, and just trying to stay in line with, with what we believe God has. There are days where it's discouraging because, man, we got a lot of guys that see a lot of things in a lot of different ways. And here I am trying to bring us all <laughs> back into one, you know? And so there's days where that can be discouraging. But the days where that really gets right, and you see guys from such different places geographically, spiritually, mentally, when you see that, as them, like when you see them with the same mentality, the same personality, like personality and same goals, and they're really going after it together, I think that that is such a cool place um, to operate from, hmm. and, and we've seen a lot of change because of that. So talk to a recruit. Maybe it's an international that has faith or doesn't have yeah. strong faith. Which we have both of. I think it's important, not to interrupt you, but I think what's important to understand is that like, uh, we have guys on the team from other countries that have some of the strongest faith that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to that player and, and you want to articulate why Indiana Wesleyan, maybe it's a player who has a lot of different options, maybe it's a high-level player, what's the value of coming to play in your program versus some other? Well, I think for us, um, we can offer things. Uh, well, we, we've been blessed just as a school um, and athletics department you could start with facilities. You could you could start with um, you know the, the the opportunity as coaches to operate in in, in some freedom, right? In, in the structure, and I think we all know who our boss is, and we all know who we answer to, kind of thing. But we have freedom as coaches to really operate and coach how we want we want to. Um, there's a level of trust there, and I think that that's felt by players. I don't think there's very many of us, I don't think there's any of us coaching out of fear of like our boss. Now we may coach out of fear because we live in comparison. Every coach deals with that. But I, I, we, we are allowed to operate in, in, in a space of freedom within the structure of, of what's expected of us. And I think what's cool about our department is, is 
that there's a mutual buy-in, you know. But with our program, what I think you're going to be allowed to, to do as a player is enjoy your game. Um, we are going to try to challenge you and develop you and grow you. I think there's a lot of good players that go to places, and once they get there, the guy's going, great, we got you. Next, you're going to grow as a player. We're going to challenge you. Um, we're going to grow you. I think we're a well-connected program. We had, I think, 13 guys playing in good programs this year. Uh, over the summer at a really high, the highest amateur level you can play at in the U.S. It's called the, the Premier Development League. Um, and we had guys playing in that. We've been able to put guys, you know, two guys in the last three years in the professional soccer. Um, so those are those kind of opportunities. And then that's where most places, I think, end. So you want to come in, there's, here's some scholarship money for you, right? But I think what I'm able to do is I'm able to continue the conversation and even get them on the phone with guys who, sure, they could have said those same things, but they'll also say, but I'm making such good friendships here. Um, I'm being challenged academically. You're going to be around not just people on our soccer staff, but people at this school that are going to be interested in you as a person and want to see you thrive. And they're going to do whatever they can to help you do that. Um, and so we, we just re, we just kind of reiterate our mission. Like, you're going to have a transformational experience. If you want to stay exactly the same as who you are right now, this is probably not going to be a great place for you to come. But if you would like to change some things about your life and grow as a person, we want to do that. We, you're going to encounter faith. You're talking about a recruiting conversation. We have that with every recruit. Christian, not Christian, we're open about it. You're going to encounter faith. You are going to grow as a player, and I think you're going to like the way we play. It's really fun for me as I do these interviews with different coaches and hear some of these common things, growth in all areas of life, and just the, the way – and teams, teams here are playing at a high, high level, and the, the level of player in every program – People would be surprised mm -hmm. at the quality of of player that we have in our athletic department. But then when it extends beyond that to growth in faith, being around relationships where people really care about you, we're hearing that from every program, but it's expressed differently with different personalities and different leadership styles. And for you just as someone who has this balance that we're talking about between structure and freedom and how that's expressed in your program, you know, it's, it's really fun to watch that unfold on your team. But, but last thing as we go – uh, let's just talk about the Indiana Wesleyan uh, Leadership Athletic Retreat that you went on this summer. So yeah. it's something that uh, Mark's put on every year. There's a, a leader from each team that gets to go to Montana, and you were one of the coaches who was represented this year. Maybe real quick, take listeners inside. What makes that such a unique experience for our, our coaches and athletes? Well, the first thing that makes it unique is the environment that you go into, and, and the Gainies who host us every year have created such um, – an incredible space uh, and you can really sense it when you get there so uh, we haven't really done anything as a staff you know, or department to do that we've just been blessed to be able to go and, and use it you know um, but then I think the other really cool thing for me was the openness the camaraderie that was built um, amongst the, the athletes and I think I don't sense a whole lot of like inner competition in our department. I think that's really rare, but I fairly, I, I consider myself a fairly uh, intuitive person and I don't really sense that in our department. Um, sure, th there's always going to be things that creep in your mind or whatever, but I, and what was cool was while we were out there is I didn't sense that from the athletes, mm. which I think is so rare. Um, I felt like there was a genuine 
intrigue uh, by each athlete into, you know, the other programs. And, and it was really cool, especially by the end of it. Like, they really wanted to see the other leaders that were out there with them take things back that were tangible to help impact their team. And so I think, you know, between um, Mark and, and Coach Babs and Candace and I, like, it was four pretty different voices and four different pretty different backgrounds and, and personalities. And what I think was awesome is is just because of that, I think every athlete left with something, you know, and it was impacted in some way. And you could see that in the last few days and just the cool things that were able to happen towards the end of that trip that were nothing but the Holy Spirit being active in that group, you know, and that's really the only way you can explain it. And so um, that that's always special to be a part of. And I think a lot of the credit actually goes to the athletes and their willingness to really engage and, and be involved in that and, and, and be willing to change some things and grow and, and, um, and, and learn. And, and I think that's such a cool opportunity for our department to, to be able to do. It is a unique thing. And I think you're right. Just the, the fact that to be in a department where people are not always perfect, it's not that there's never tension, but moving in the same direction and believing in the same mission is really special. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by one of Coach Sanford's athletes and talk a little bit about what it's like on a day-in, day-out basis to be one of the players in the program. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined now by senior Gabe Casada with the men's soccer team. Gabe, why don't you take us inside uh, your first three years here and the type of growth you had at, at Indiana Wesleyan? That's <laughs> a lot, but um, of course. Let's see. Um, I came in as a transfer my, what would have been my sophomore year, and um, I came in kind of as a, a lukewarm Christian um, and walked out kind of that process, uh, kind of closed off to a lot of the, the have-tos here that you feel like coming into a program with kind of the Bible stuff and, and whatnot that you have to do. Um, but went through it nonetheless, um, was getting a Christian education as well on the side through through schooling and the classes, some of the classes that we take. Um, but there was a kind of a pivotal moment in my second year here. It actually happened over the summer where I actually denounced my faith. <laughs> and uh, the reason that happened is because I was presented with a question of what stands in my way of moving forward to the ideal person that I want to become. And my answer to that question was Christianity. And the reason I had said that was because there's kind of all these false beliefs and, and ideas in my head of what people told me I should be or, or have to do. And 
And I felt like those stood in the way of who I felt I was called to become, if that kind of makes sense. So I kind of confused the two, thinking that all these things people told me I need to be or should be or how Christianity is supposed to look, I thought that that meant God and Jesus must not be real. So I denounced Christianity. Mm. Went on kind of a year journey to um, studying you know, different world religions and kind of sum that process up is I came to, to realize that Jesus is really the only God I want to shape my life after and want to worship. So it's been an in- interesting process and that's led that kind of stability in my life that I've come to now has led to just kind of an an outbreak of results and peace in my life. <laughs> Things happening for me. It's, it's really interesting to hear you say that because as, as we talk, one of the things that's so obvious is that the pursuit of who Jesus is is a big part of your life. But maybe before you were so focused on trying to fit inside the box of what people told you a Christian should be rather than just pursue Christ. Exactly. And a lot of what we've talked through this podcast is just this intersection of faith and, and sport and how who we are and what we're pursuing really does impact what we are on the field of play. So what what did that lead to on the soccer field for you when you were going through that time? Hmm. What it led to on the field would be probably overcoming my inconsistency. So I was very inconsistent in performance, and that came from emotional instability. I'd be high and low, up and down, up and down all the time, and I'd, I'd perform based on how I felt on the day. So being able to, to have a strong foundation in my faith and come to a point where my faith was my own and no longer what my parents told me it was supposed to be, no longer what you know, some person I heard on a, a, a television preacher say I, I'm supposed to be or how Christianity is supposed to look for me, but it becoming personal for me and becoming my faith and becoming an actual pursuit of Jesus and molding my life after him, that allowed me to, like I said, have a kind of a, a foundation to to work forward from. So I was able to um, understand why I was doing it now. My, my purpose shifted for why I played the game. And from that came a, a place of, like, I like to call emotional intelligence, just understanding how to create the emotion that I want to play the way I need to play for the day. And, and that's led to a place where, you know, I'm, playing the best soccer in my life right now. What was Coach Sanford's role through this as a coach? you saying you were a little bit inconsistent yeah. on the field, but he was also leading you and trying to, to lead you both on and off the, off the field. So what, how did your relationship with him develop? Through that time, um, I gave Luke quite a bit of a hard time. <laughs> so it was kind of up and down with him. Um, but through that, Luke always loved me. Luke always supported me, and he always had my back and was the first one to be rooting for me once I kind of came over that that hump of that difficult moment for me. So, yeah, as, as I was going through my ups and downs, Luke would kind of let me, he'd give me space. He'd let me go through what I needed to, and he was great at reading um, when when something was going on for me. So he could read, you know, to, uh, coming back to that emotional inconsistency for me. If I was down, he knew I was battling or going through something, and like I said, he'd just give me a moment. Sometimes it'd be a couple of days, sometimes it'd be a few weeks based on what it was. And when I came over the other side of it, he was the first guy to be there celebrating with me. So that developed a lot of trust for me to have in him. And I remember 
last semester when I came back from break and we had a conversation and I told him like I've come come to faith like <laughs> Jesus is who I believe in in that moment where we just embraced and where I'm like crying it was it was cool so Luke's been a huge part of of everything I've gone through here and that takes us to a moment that he talked about in the first half where you're sitting in a class and you're uh, in doing a project and you start to identify some things within the soccer program and ultimately decide to come to him about it as your coach so why don't you briefly share uh, what it was you were thinking, but then also what you were feeling going into that meeting. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, I was I was in a leadership course, and I chose to apply that course to everything that we were going through with the soccer team. That's how my mind works. I need to have some application. So going through that course, I saw some, some areas for growth within the team. Um, and I knew, based on mine and Luke's relationship, that uh, he'd be open to hearing kind of some of the things I had seen. And uh, I remember calling my mom, calling some family, and sharing them my idea. And I also actually presented an idea I'd come up with in, in class to my professor, and she loved it. She said, this is a home run. Started saying, you should, should patent it, this and that, or, or, or do something with it. And after coming away with that, I kind of had this moment where I was excited to present it to Luke. But I remember having this feeling of, uh, like, just fear set over me of, like, how's he going to receive this? Because I kind of pulled myself away from being a player for a moment and viewed the team's needs as kind of a consultant. So there is some reflection in there and some honesty that, um, you know, I wasn't sure <laughs> you feel uncomfortable as a player presenting some of this stuff to to a coach, you know, telling your superior, if you will, your coach, like, hey, here's some areas we can can develop. And that conversation, Luke just was totally open to what I had to say. And we ended up from that initial meeting having a succession of probably 10 to 12 meetings over the past semester that led to some gold that was developed. <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me because Coach Sanford is obviously a very humble guy, and it would take an extreme measure of humility for a coach to respond this way, and it's probably why you have such deep levels of trust with him. As you guys have talked and prayed and planned and put this structure in place, what's ultimately the goal of this structure that you've you've created? I would say the purpose of the leadership development system that we have in place is to allow people to leave this program with something other than just soccer. We want people that are equipped to be fathers, people that are equipped to um, be businessmen and to succeed in those areas of life. And in order to do that, you have to have a certain set of characteristics and skills to fulfill that. So we kind of spent some time and identified some key characteristics and some key skills to develop to help those players be equipped and ultimately move towards what we call the ideal IWU athlete. So that ideal IWU athlete is our goal is to move people through this structure or this system so that when they come in as a freshman, they're able to leave this place as a senior as close to that ideal IWU athlete as possible. And for us, the ideal IWU athlete we started with was Jesus and kind of dissect, dissected some key characteristics from him to make it manageable. Because obviously we can't become Jesus in four years. <laughs> And most of us are going to spend our whole life trying to get close. So we wanted to make it as uh, 
as manageable and as simple as possible and focus on a few that guys can develop. It's a powerful vision, and, and you're a great example of that because it is a time of life where there's so many questions, there's so much confusion, there's so many things that are setting the trajectory of who we're going to become. And to be on that path towards Christ-likeness, each in our own personality, each in our own gifting, is, a, is an amazing vision. So maybe speak to the, the athlete coming in and for, for you as someone who was going through some stuff and you had a coach who walked alongside you and led you and loved you and prayed with you. Why would you say Indiana Westland is a place that, that elite soccer players should go? Oh, that's a great question. I love that. An elite soccer player should come here because what they're going to get from the leadership model and the intentionality that Luke Sanford has is going to not only make them a superior soccer player, but it's going to make them excel or support them in excelling. Ultimately, the work's going to be up to them. But it's going to support them and give them a track to run on to excel in every area of their life. So someone coming in here, whether they're a believer or not, who I wasn't, like I mentioned, at, at one point in my life and have come to faith in, in my time here, it gives you things that you can develop no matter what you believe, things that are going to support you in, in any area of your life. And, you know, I didn't speak much about the soccer, but the reason it is is because I believe if you focus on becoming the best person you can be, it'll translate onto the soccer field. If you develop integrity and work rate and, and respect and some of these characteristics that Luke and I have talked about, it'll translate into your performance on the field. You can't be someone who has these characteristics as, as just a you know, an everyday person, and then have that not translate onto the field. So, yeah, just the intentionality Luke has here and what we have in place uh, as a team with his leadership structure, it's going to give players a place to use soccer as the environment to develop those characteristics. That's really what it's about. We're joined for overtime with Athletic Director Mark DeMichael. Coach, in episode two, you talked about Philippians 2 and how it's uh, what we try to pursue as an athletic department. You, you laid out three traits, the first being humility in Christ. Could you go into a little more detail about what that looks like? Yeah, it's really uh, it's simple in concept, difficult in practice. Um, it's really about um, putting others before yourself. It's, it's the frame of mind is the heart, um, spirit-led heart of not allowing everything, all of your thought processes, all of your decision-making to first and foremost be about how it impacts you. Mm. It's about, first and foremost, about it being about someone else, about others around you and not about you. That's, that's humility. And so often it's so easy to get caught up into how everything impacts us and our life and, and our journey. And humility says that we're the least of those that outside of our relationship with the Lord first. It's those people that God brings into our life and surrounds us with, puts into our path. Those people are the focus of our decision-making, not ourselves, and, and that's humility. Coach Sanford in the, in the first half talked about this interaction with his player, Gabe, who came to him and in a meeting just brought some things to light. And Coach Sanford could have responded any way he wanted to, and you certainly can't just have a free-for-all with players able to complain or but Gabe had earned credibility and he came to him and he responded in humility what did you see as the leader of the department in that moment 
I was inspired by that as, as Luke shared that with me because it, it is in a great example of humility. And it, it, it starts before that, though, and that's, that's the important piece of this is that moment when Gabe came in and shared and, and Luke was open to that. They had a trusting relationship at that point. So it was, that was a culmination of the journey that the two of them had journeyed together from the moment Gabe got here. And it, was, it started with Luke's humility in investing in Gabe and accepting Gabe for who he was and striving each day in that relationship to build a trusting relationship with Gabe that was focused on the Lord and then to, to see the strengths that Gabe brings to the table, even though some of Gabe's strengths um, drive Luke crazy on a day-to-day basis as a coach, just like so many of our athletes do, but allowing to see himself to see Gabe through Jesus' eyes and to see the value that God placed in Gabe. And so that in turn allowed him to invest in that relationship and Gabe in turn in Luke. So that journey of that relationship growing between the two of them and God using this soccer program in Gabe's life for a transformational experience in Gabe's life and now a renewed passion for this mission that that Luke has been communicating to him for, for over a year led to the point then where they could have a conversation where, where when Gabe is sharing, Luke wasn't feeling challenged. Luke was sensing that the Lord was speaking through Gabe because he trusted Gabe and knew where Gabe was in his walk with the Lord, which then now Luke is not only seeing Gabe through God's eyes, but listening to Gabe with God's ears hmm. and allowing him to, to sift through that and say, there is value in this. This is not Gabe Casada sharing this. This is the Lord sharing this through Gabe. So as a leader, I need to be open to this and put value in that and hear what God's prompted me to do. But that sounds like a lot of work. Coaches have so much they have to do, so many tasks to get done. And to build a relationship like this with our players, there's a lot of intentionality that has to go into it. So in a moment like this, you can discern as a leader how you should respond. Why is it so hard for coaches to lead this way? It's, it's back to the counterculture thing. We, we define the job of a coach, um, uh, an athletic coach, a soccer coach in this case, to make the current players better soccer players and to join them together playing a, a system that allows you to score more goals than the other team. That's what your job is. But here at Indiana Wesleyan, we, we require more. And that, that's, that's the secondary piece. So it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of, it's a lot of dedication. And uh, Luke's, it's hiring people and finding coaches who their, their passion is mentorship their passion is serving the lord and the tool that the lord is using for that passion is the sport so when we look at it that way uh, a coach like luke is going to look at those conversations that gave as an opportunity not as a chore coach sanford talked a lot about structure versus freedom as a leader how do you balance that where you need to have structures in place but you also want freedom for your employees and freedom for god to operate in ways that only he can yeah, and and that's so important. You you have to have structure. You have to have a, a focus. Um, you have to have expectations, whether it's in an athletic department or whether it's on a team. Um, you need to define the, this is who we're going to be as an organization or as a department or as a team. These are going to be the things that define us. But, you know, God's wired us all differently, and he's, he's created us all differently. He's given us all strengths and weaknesses. So the question you have to ask yourself is, it, within that definition, is there room for different personality traits, different strengths to really excel within that, within that structure? 
And if it doesn't, then probably the structure is too tight. And one of, of Coach Sanford's strengths is he creates a culture, and I think all of the soccer players would be able to tell you, what is an IW soccer player supposed to look like? What do they represent? They would all answer that. But it's a very broad sense so that when you, as a leader, when you, you go into a conversation like that or you leave room, because of hum, your humility, you're not challenged now when people want to do things a little bit different way within that. And um, so Luke is open to that. And we want to have an athletic department like that. All of our coaches do not approach this the same way. What they have in common is they have a passion for the Lord. They have a passion for a calling to use athletics to impact his kingdom. They all have a passion for discipling and mentoring young people through athletics. So that's the common trait. But they all do it in a different way. And and they have to do it the way God's called them to do it within their strengths and abilities. And that goes a lot back to what we've been talking about in this podcast is context. And what we shared in season one with the pursuit of our season leading to a national championship, we believe this philosophy can work in any context, but it may be different based on how God's moving in that environment or who the leader is in charge of that or who the players are. Each season, it looks different as well. And that's part of the power of being in an environment where there is structure in place to have success, but there's freedom given to pursue it in the way that God leads. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWOO Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWOOHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWOOHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.